Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 69. Um, but there are, you know, again, I gave those stats earlier, 81% of women have been harassed and that number is as high as 98% in other countries and 35% of women are survivors of assault. So it's like, this is, this is a big deal. If you work with women, you are working with women who've had these experiences. Um, and so figuring out, being mindful of that and figuring out how you can create an environment in which they feel safe is really important. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. Very excited to have my next guest with me today here in Washington, D.C. at the NSCA 2019 National Conference, Molly Galbraith, woman in charge at Girls Gone Strong. Molly, thanks for making some time for me. Scott, thank you so much for having me, not only for being an integral part of me being asked to speak at the NSCA, which is really powerful, but for also having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, We have been friends for a while now, and I say friends in air quotes because we've been friends on Instagram, but uh, we've been talking about how cool that is when you're finally able, you know, we've gotten little interactions here and you likes and comments and say, hey, and send you this or you send me that. And then to finally meet someone, it is kind of like, you know, them a little bit, which I think is the coolest part of social media. Yeah, I do too, for sure. Your reach grows a lot and you can cultivate relationships that then in person you can solidify. And, um, you know, as I'm sure as we'll get into later today, like a lot of great things in my career as a coach, um, have come from meeting people on social media and online and developing relationships that then turn into bigger stuff down the road. Yeah. And, and you've done NSCA stuff for a while now this is obviously the kind of biggest stage we have but not certainly not your first foray into doing NSCA stuff um you've spoken at clinics you've attended clinics your CSCS I didn't mention that at first but so again you know kudos for that because it's such a great accomplishment and uh maybe tell us you know maybe tell us first about uh, your story about attending and then you know what you've other have experienced speaking yeah yeah absolutely so um 2013 so i became a cscs in 2012 i've been in kind of the fitness space since 2004 2005 but didn't didn't go for the gold for the cscs (laughs) until 2012 and in 2013 i attended my first national conference in vegas and you know by that point i'd been in the fitness industry for gosh nine years um and i got to watch Dr. John Berardi speak in person for the first time. And I'd been so so incredible. And I'd been a huge fan of his for a really long time. And, you know, I afterwards did, did what you do when you get to watch someone that you're really excited, uh, to see speak and meet and I stood in line to talk to him and I stood in line for like 45 minutes or something, of course, because he had the biggest line. Um, And at the end, I got to meet him, and I was incredibly surprised because he had heard of my work in Girls Gone Strong, which was just mind-blowing to me at the time. And we exchanged contact information and uh, because I wanted to get PN certified, and um, we exchanged contact information. And uh, about a year later, when Girls Gone Strong released our first strength training program, I got an email from him, and he was congratulating me, talking about how incredible the work that we were doing was and how proud he was of me. And he's like, you did it. You really did it. And even cooler, we um, released a strength training program digitally and physically. And he was just so impressed with the idea that we had created a physical product that we could ship. That was something he's passionate about at PN. And 
he said, I really want my wife to do this program after she gives birth to our third child. And I was like, that's cool. I want her to do it now. So let me start researching (laughs) what needs to be done to adjust this for pre and postnatal. And that's when I had a big epiphany in my coaching career, how much I didn't know about coaching pre and postnatal women, even nine or 10 years into my career. So long story short, we ended up working together. We worked on a product together called Mom's Gone Strong with his wife and a number of other experts. And over the last five or six years, he's become one of my best friends and biggest mentors um, and has really changed the trajectory of Girls Gone Strong forever. A lot of people who work with Precision Nutrition also work with Girls Gone Strong. And so it's just been this really wonderful personal friendship and relationship and also kind of business mentorship. And it's really changed the trajectory of, of where Girls Gone Strong has gone and what we've been able to do. That's really cool. Yeah, he's such a good, great, good guy. Um, and I guess it could really too you know i've followed you guys girls gone strong for a while i think since probably its inception but some people obviously might not know um and you've done pretty much everything you were in powerlifting you did figure fitness whatever um you're now you know shifting into all this education and in different realms and maybe tell us you know where where or why did was Girls Gone Strong, a, a, you know, a niche that was missing and a, a thing that you guys needed to start to help the industry out? Yeah. So I first got interested in fitness in the beginning of 2004. So over 15 years ago. And just like most people, I just kind of wanted to get in shape and feel better and um, lose a little bit of weight, get stronger. And so started working with a trainer and about uh, as a poor college student, I couldn't afford to work with a trainer much longer. Right. Shortly after that, I started dating a guy who was a trainer and he was a um, competed in bodybuilding and powerlifting. So I was thrust into the world of intense exercise very quickly. Over the next several years, I competed in figure multiple times. I dabbled in powerlifting a little bit. And this whole time, I was having to read information that was geared towards men, written by men. Um, And there was so little information out there about coaching women or, you know, training women. And, um, and it certainly wasn't from women. And so there were just a few, you know, kind of like there was the, the Rachel Cosgroves and the Lee oh, Peels yeah. and the Sue Kleiners. And, you know, so there were a couple people yep. here and there, but it felt like there was a really big void. And so um, it, all throughout that time, I had started a fitness software business and I had opened a brick and mortar gym and my business partner in the gym and I had actually started a seminar called Train Like a Girl, nice. um, all about training women. And so I was doing all this stuff kind of on top of each other because I was just so passionate about about being in fitness and I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. But in 2011, by that point, I had been in fitness about seven years. I had been posting on Facebook. I didn't even realize I was kind of technically like blogging-ish on Facebook. I was just sharing like information that I was passionate about. Um, And I had uh, had also, I'd been off Facebook for a while. I got back on in 2010 and I did this thing that I'm really grateful for now, but it's kind of ridiculous. I started just finding people on Facebook and like, Dan John, I want to be friends with Dan John, friend, (laughs) Rachel Cosgrove, I want to be friends. And I literally started friending all of my idols in the fitness industry. And this was 2010. So at that point, it wasn't a quote unquote marketing tactic like it is now, you know? And so they all accepted my friend request. So I kind of started building this network on social media of other health and fitness professionals. And uh, one of them was was Brett Contreras, um, who's speaking at this conference as well. And he started featuring me and a number of other women on his blogs and interviewing us for stuff. 
And I think it was the spring of 2011, he sent an email to myself and about maybe 10 or 15 other women. And he said, hey, it's time that more women rise up in the field of strength and conditioning. Now you, ha- you all have each other's contact information, do something awesome. Uh-oh. And it was this really, you know, cool, like, oh, okay, now we've, you know, my network of other female health and fitness professionals has expanded a bit. So fast forward a few months and a woman named Allie McKee, who's also a CSCS, um, sent me a tweet and she's like, it'd be so fun if we could all just like work out together. And it's funny Mm -hmm. now in 2019 to think about how difficult it was to find Mm -hmm. other women who were so into strength training and really loved it. Like it's like now it's like, oh yeah, anybody like there are people in your city, you know, that are at your gym that love it. And at that time there was just such a lack of community for us. So she's like, it'd be cool if we could work out together. And I was like, well, we're going to go be supporting Julia Leduski at her powerlifting meet in Cincinnati come hang out. And so I sent an email to all of the women that Brett emailed, plus a few of my other friends and said, Hey, we're going to get together for a training session and to support this woman at her powerlifting meet. I'd love for you all to come. And, um, seven women showed up from all over the country and even from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Wow. And we had this incredible chemistry of like, well, I want to help more women strength train. I want to help more. I want to help more women strength train. And we're like, this is so organic and so powerful. We have to turn this into something. And so shortly after that, we started a Facebook page called Girls Gone Strong. Day one, we had a thousand fans was what they were called at the time. And we're like, you know, maybe we're onto something here. (laughs) And uh, it took us a little while to get our, our web website up and our articles published, but day one, we had 17,000 people visit our website the first day we, we launched it. And it was because of guys like Brett and Tony Gentlecore and other guys who were like, Hey, check this out. You know, you've got to see this. This is awesome. And that really kind of was the, the beginning of Girls Gone Strong. So it was us seeking community, seeking support, seeking other women who were like us, who are passionate about the same things we were passionate about. And I always joke, we were wanting to preach the gospel of strength training to other women. Yeah. That's so cool. That's, uh, cool too that you mentioned Julia because she was one of the first people when I was an aspiring strength conditioning coach I was telling you that I was trying to find you know people were telling me about this NSCA thing and the CSCS and I had found Elite FTS you know through my kind of seeking knowledge and they used to have like the blogs or the uh, logs at the mm-hmm. training logs. And, and anyway, I'd reached out to Julia and she was at, I think Buffalo or somewhere where she was a strength coach at the time. And she was so, yeah, great about like giving me advice. And so she was really one of the first people that kind of helped mentor me in the whole strength conditioning world. And wow. it was, yeah, it was kind of neat. And that's probably kind of where I got first along the girls gone strong lineage you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so powerful she's incredible she's like total elite in three weight classes and has been a strength coach forever and that was one of the cool parts about ggs as well as we all came to it with a kind of a different area of expertise so some women were you know rkc and other women were power lifters and she was a collegiate strength and conditioning coach and some of us had done figure and so it was just the like I said, this kind of like serendipitous coming together of like all of these different ways to train for and display strength in women. And, um, yeah, it was really powerful and resonated with, obviously resonated with people a lot. Right. Right. No, that's, it's, it's clear. And it's clear. It's not, um, you know, yeah, you didn't like, you know, it was clear that it, it was lacking and it's not like you fit. It's totally filled, right? Like you guys are still, 
pushing the envelope, growing, finding more things to talk about. I mean, the the big one, I think, you know, that's been on the radar recently, too, with some things that have happened is, um, you know, the way that women are treated or talked about or, you know, language that's used. And, and, and we've had some incidences that were, have been in the press and social media and, the, you know, just not acceptable behavior right mm-hmm. and so maybe tell us a little bit too yeah about the topics you know that that you guys put that course out on recently because that was really great and i thought it was really helpful and that probably everybody should see it you know usoc put out their safe sport information you know a couple of years ago and that's an entire organization separate now from the organization mm-hmm. everybody that coaches youth has to take it so yeah i'd love to hear about what you guys are doing in those lines too yeah so uh, again when we first started girls gun strong our big focus was on strength training and we did a little bit of nutrition stuff and some cardio and over the years we really realized like wow there's so much more to women's health than just strength training and nutrition so we started covering mental health and sexual health and pre and postnatal health and just continually kept expanding um, the type of information that we were providing and uh, and our mission kind of expanded as well right and so last year when like you said when some there was a lot of press coverage about an influential you know health and fitness industry person um harassing women at conferences we were like all these guys came out and they were like this is this is horrible and like what do we do about it we have no idea you know because it's easy to say like I'm against that and it's like cool so what are you going to do about it you know and and 81% of women in the U.S. report having experienced harassment 35% of women globally uh, are survivors of sexual assault and those numbers are probably a lot higher Uh, it's just very underreported and or a lot of women don't even know that that's what's happened to them so um, which sounds sounds a little interesting but we're taught you know we're not taught about clear consent and coercion and things like that and so we were like this is really important we need to talk about this in the fitness industry because again as women are have been included there's still been so much objectification of us you know and there's been a lot of um of um what we call like behavior that lays the groundwork for the type of, that allows the stuff to happen. So if you look at um, historically, they, there are pyramids of like uh, of violence and pyramids of what's called rape culture, actually. And at the very bottom is words like or you know jokes and objectification yeah. Yeah, and yeah. sexist references and things like that. And each one of those lays the foundation for the next. Um, more violent thing to happen and so same thing with you know racism and genocide and things like at the bottom are like racist jokes and dehumanization and stuff like that and at the top you get to violence and genocide so same kind of thing it's like the 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 bottom part is what a lot of people still find to be acceptable um, and allow to be okay but it's what uh what empowers or emboldens people to do the next thing so um yeah we see that a lot in the in the health and fitness industry from objectifying women from making sexist jokes from, uh, you know, leering at women, even, uh, you know, touching women inappropriately, things like that. And when you're in a um, male dominated field and often a field where stuff like that is laughed off or kind of shrugged off and it's like, oh, what's the big deal? You know, Um, it can be really pervasive. And a lot of women feel like they have to assimilate into that culture and accept what's going on so that they can advance in their career or, you know, they brush it off because they don't want to be the person, um, you know, calling it out or making a fuss or whatever. 
Yeah, it makes me think of one of the things you hear in strength and conditioning law too, and it's more related to like culture or the program is you get what you tolerate, right? Mm-hmm. And and it exactly makes me think of that. It's like, well, no, if we make sure that we know that these jokes and this language and this is not tolerated one iota, mm-hmm. then it's not going to let. It, then hopefully, you know things won't build on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we created a free five-day course called Sexual Harassment, or What You Can Do About Sexual Harassment in the Fitness Industry. And um, it was really cool because a lot of guys in the in the industry, you know, supported it. And um, it has to often come from them in order for people to take it really seriously. Right. And, uh, and they kind of have to lead the charge for change a bit. So yeah. it was cool to get a lot of support from a lot of guys in the health and fitness industry. And so we just educate on like, hey, this is what this looks like. This is kind of what like planting the seeds of this behavior looks like here's how you can identify what's going on here's how you can speak up because it can be super uncomfortable to be the guy to like raise your hand and be like that's not cool you know like we don't you know we don't do that around here Um, because again you could get ostracized or blackballed or whatever but um, so we give ways to do that with you know in in ways that you can still also like teach the other people and hopefully maintain a relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, cause if you just call them out and shame them, right. then you know, their brain's going to shut down. They're not going to be in learning yeah. mode. They're going to get defensive. They're going to, yeah. you know, la- you know, lash out at you. Yeah. But if you can say like, Hey, you're better than that, Scott, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like we don't do that around here. Like what, yeah. you know, what's the deal with that or whatever. And kind of, um, approach it in a way that you're calling them to do better yeah. instead of shaming them to, you know, to do, um, or shaming them for what they've done and saying like, Hey, like, let's like, let's not do that around here. So it's a, it's a tall order yeah. <laughs> to change the culture of the health and fitness industry. But yeah. we feel like giving people actionable tools and we even include case studies and scripts and things like that. What do you do if a woman tells you she's been harassed? What do you do if you see it happening from afar? What do you do yeah. if you're, if a woman is not in the picture, but it's a guy saying something inappropriate about her, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. from far, cause again, if you don't say anything, right, yeah. then he thinks that that's acceptable. Right. So it's, um, it's how to identify it's why it happens, how to identify it, how to speak up. Um, we have really powerful tools and resources, anti-harassment policies that you can right. send out to, you know, your, yeah. your team Which and your, the NSCA now has, you know, we, everyone had to do that for this event mm-hmm. for the first time. Yep. Yeah. Can you give us another, like, specific example from the course of, like, a situation and and the recommendations that you guys have? In terms of? Um, Like, dealing with a certain situation. Yeah. So, it comes up and. Yeah. One of the things that we find um, that that happens a lot. So there's a lot of um, misogynistic language used in the weight room, which is, again, if it's a bunch of guys, they don't think that it's a big deal, but they're telling each other, you know, like to hype each other up or whatever. They're often like using words that are degrading to women, um, which, you know, I think it'd be like, you can hype each other up without saying that type of stuff. And if you can't, you need to expand your vocabulary. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, So that's a really big one, just speaking up. And because that's going to then discourage women from being wanting to be there if they're yeah. in that type of environment again they either feel like they you know they feel really awkward or they feel like they're not welcome or they feel like they have to assimilate into that behavior or they can't advance or they're not going to be wanted in the weight room right, right. um so I think speaking up about that kind of stuff is important. And then even speaking up if you're talking to your, your guy friend and he's objectifying like a lot of times you'll he'll see a woman from across the gym and uh talk about 
you know, what she looks like in a really objectifying way. And it's not like, man, she's really hot or I think she's gorgeous. It's like talking about her body parts, yeah. talking about what he wants to do to her, even things right. like that, right? And yeah. again, it's like, oh, it's just, boys will be boys. It's just what right, guys do. Right. And it's like, he's not, he's not saying that she's beautiful or, you know, yeah. whatever. He's objectifying her as a sex object, yeah. which is a, you know, really big problem. Talked about that a little bit in my presentation yesterday. If you look at how, you know, we see four to 10,000 images a day on average, thanks okay. to social media and traditional media. And a media scholar, Gene Kilborn says, we only consciously process about 8% of the image that we see. So the other 92% of what we see is processed subconsciously and it shapes and conditions our beliefs about the world and yeah. other people and our bodies and things like that. And so often the images that we see of women are, and I go through this in my, in my slide. So if someone didn't get a chance to attend the presentation, they can pull it up on the NSCA app and go through the slides, but it doesn't matter if it's a magazine cover or a cheeseburger or a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a bag of pop chips, you know, right. like all of these advertisements are displaying women in sexualized poses in right. ways that appear, you know, attractive to men or whatever. And um, there's a Dolce & Gabbana ad with a woman on her back with her arms pinned down and four guys standing over top of her. And it's like, that's supposed to sell sunglasses? Oh, you know no, what I mean? Crazy. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. So when you see that all the time... Right your brain starts to be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like right. this is, this is what women are here for kind of right. thing, you right. know? So, um, I think the first step is always raising awareness and yeah. starting to kind of pay attention to the, to the language or the way that you're speaking about women or treating them or yeah. whatever. So I think, um, using the misogynistic language is super common. And I think also, uh, the way that guys speak to other guys about women is really common. And those are two powerful opportunities to be like, I mean, you know, you can think she's hot, but like, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or my favorite is asking them to explain what they mean by that. And then they get real <laughs> awkward. They'll like make a joke or make a sexual reference. And you're like, I don't get it. What do you mean? And then they actually have to say out loud, they're like, I mean that I would do the, okay. And then they start to yeah, realize yeah, how, how bad it was. Mm -hmm, yeah. How bad it was. Yeah. Um, that's so a great point. Um, you also had some great examples to, you know, uh, some case studies or, you know, examples of like, this is the athlete's first time in the gym and, you know, you're going to do um, kettlebell deadlift and except that they're self-conscious and they're super busty. Like, mm -hmm. how do you adapt this? You know, maybe mm -hmm. talk a little bit about those um, examples you were throwing out. Cause there were some really good ones because I know strength coaches are going to run into this all the time mm -hmm. and it might be in your setting with 30 athletes right and then mm -hmm. then you've got a really tough situation um, and you may or may not have females on your staff hopefully mm -hmm. you do but you never know yeah so um, my second session yesterday was coaching and training women what they didn't teach you in school and basically we talked about um, how important it is to create an environment in which uh, the women that you're working with, whether they're you know female athletes or general population, that they feel safe, um, that you're helping them feel strong and capable, that you're creating an environment in which they can succeed and feel comfortable. And that looks like a lot of things. That looks like not assuming what their goals are for them. That looks like not... Um, not uh, 
determining their ability level based on the way that their body looks. That happens a lot. It's about um, being mindful of your coaching cues, and that can be the language that you use. That can be the, the whether you're cueing them manually and did you get consent first. That can be um, where your eyes are looking when you're you know oh, when yeah. you're observing them. That can be where you're standing in proximity. That can be um, how you describe certain exercises. That can be the exercise selection. That can be the education process about why they're doing that exercise. So, um, you know, we I often use the example of like a, a one of the case studies yesterday was a 19-year-old girl who's a beginner trainee. She's a little shy. She's new to exercise and you're teaching her how to do a glute bridge. What are all of the things that you're thinking about? Yeah. And um, there's a, there's a laundry list of them. And first things first, you want to demonstrate the exercise. Yeah. You want to not sexualize the exercise, right? Because right. it is a legitimate, valuable exercise yep. that she's going to do in her training program. Yep. So demonstrate the exercise. Educate why she's doing it. Um, use plain language. I um, yep. told the story yesterday of I was coaching a client several years ago, and I kept talking about glutes, glutes, glutes. And then I finally kind of pointed to my glutes, and she's like, that's what glutes are. <laughs> right, I didn't right. even know. Yeah. You know, we have the curse that's of knowledge. We think. We think people know. Um, So educate her on why she's doing it. Use language that makes sense to her. Um, Ask her, say, hey, this is the exercise we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. This is why it's valuable to you. Um, You know, if you have any questions, let me know. You feel feel comfortable. You feel like you know what you're doing. And, you know, give her the space to speak up if she doesn't. Think about where you're doing it. Um, You know, are you doing it in a super busy weight room? You know, which is can be a little bit uncomfortable for some people and also doing it in complete isolation can be uncomfortable for some people. So it's just, you know, making sure, asking them if they're comfortable performing it, um, not standing over top of them when they're doing it. So a lot of times, uh, you know, coaches don't want to like kind of kneel down or get down on the ground because it's just, you know, you're doing it all day. It's like, feels like, you know, they're going to do this set real quick. I'm not going to change my body position necessarily, but getting down on the ground, especially if it's a one-on-one scenario so that you're kneeling and on their level and kind of away from them uh, where exactly you know are you on their side or you know by their head or so right, there's just right. so many different things to think about and um and yeah and it's it's stuff that we're not really taught to totally. think about mm-hmm. and stuff that as a guy if you haven't had experiences if you haven't experienced harassment assault things like that you might not think about it because right. to you it's like not a big deal it's just like i'm coaching one of my athletes yeah. um but there are you know again i gave those stats earlier 81 percent of women have been harassed and that number is as high as 98 percent in other countries yeah. and 35 percent of women are survivors of assault so it's like this is this is a big deal if you work with women you are working with women who've had these experiences um and so figuring out being mindful of that and figuring out how you can create an environment which they feel safe is really important oh, that's so many good examples too i um yeah and i actually coached basketball for a long time before i got into strength and conditioning and one of the teams that I've coached back in my basketball days was JV girls basketball Mm. and I coached the team for two years and I think I learned a lot about just how you talk to you know especially freshmen and sophomores Mm. and like how to stand and where to stand and where you coach from and yeah I think that was innumerable you know in helping me and And my mom was a basketball coach so I mean you know I was obviously brought up by a good coach who Mm -hmm. was able to teach me you know some pretty important lessons that I didn't really realize that would probably transfer over like they have. Yeah. And just explain what you're going to be doing. Are you going to, if you're, if, 
someone's doing a barbell back squat and you're going to spot them and they've never been spotted in the barbell back squat before that can feel like what in the heck is yeah. going on this person's right behind me you know has their arms underneath my you know underneath yeah. my armpits they're squatting with me it feels like you know my bum is in their crotch or whatever you know like yeah, just depend, totally. depending on you know on how you're spotting them or um you know if you think maybe they're shifting in their squat or something and you just walk around and stand behind them and stare at what they right. feel like you're staring right, at their butt right, right? Yeah. so it's like hey it looks like there might be a little bit of a shift going on i'm gonna you know i'm gonna step behind and check your hips and see yeah. and then just you know you can explain what you're doing do it yeah. quickly and then get back into a position that feels a little bit more you know like comfortable or whatever for them so i think just keeping them informed on what's going on is really important and the why behind what you're doing um and you know and not being awkward about it like i said you don't have to sexualize the type of stuff that's happening women's bodies are sexualized enough on their own you know when they're in the weight room so being mindful of it um letting them be a participant and having open lines of communication having the anti-harassment policy like you talked about and actually enforcing it when something happens like if you say from the get-go this is the stuff that's not okay and not only do we have this policy but here's how we're going to enforce it and protect you then from the get-go they feel like you're on their side and so they're going to be um you know they're going to automatically feel safer and they're going to trust you more and so i think that having that stuff um very clear is is you know that clear policy and making it clear to the coaches and the the you know trainees is really valuable as well and that's such a great example of uh what ties into my soapbox of uh coaching philosophy and and when your when your um coaching practice is not aligned with your coaching philosophy and what you say you do right you say well we we empower women and blah 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 and then you let stuff like that slide or again you know weight room example we say oh we you know, we keep everybody as safe and effective programming and our safety is our greatest, you know, highest priority, but then we don't teach people how to miss lifts, right? Or spot mm-hmm. properly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a great example too. Um, yeah, you've been connected to, uh, you mentioned Brett um, on the board of directors and Brad Schoenfeld, a former board member and how those guys have been connected and, you know, you know, maybe talk a little bit about those relationships and how you guys have worked together and help support the message and spread the message of what you're doing. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, Brett sent that initial email and then when, you know, Girls Gone Strong started, he was one of the people sending traffic our way and telling everybody to come visit us and, you know, featuring us and or visit our website and then featuring us in blogs and such. And Brad's another person I connected with on social media before, you know, before the talk, we were talking about how powerful social media can be. And he's brought me in and asked me to lecture to his class and, um, you know, referred clients. And, uh, I gave him a, a, a kind of blurb or testimonial for, um, his book that was released a couple of years ago. Cause I just, believe in what he's doing so much and it's so powerful and uh then when we created the sexual harassment course i was again there were so many guys in the industry saying how can i help and i'm like this is how you can help this is a concrete way is you can stand up and tell people that this isn't okay and they need to take this course and it's really important and so i emailed brad and said hey would you be willing to share this with the nsca and see if maybe we can get it in the hands of more coaches and trainers and um he did and then uh i ended up getting an email shortly so they shared it with with um the, the community and then I got an email I think shortly after that between yeah. you and Virginia yeah. asking me about presenting about that topic at the conference and so yeah. it's um really cool to see how 
you know, these connections made online yeah. can then actually come to fruition in developing relationships and, and, and opening up opportunity in, in the quote unquote real world. <laughs> right, right. No, and even just like you said earlier too, trying to get um, more information about whatever it might be that you were trying to get information about, right? So you had been, when you were powerlifting, you were ended up finding Mike Robertson, Bill Hartman, and you were driving from Kentucky to Indy to go get coached by these guys and like trying to get better. Um, I think one thing too I think about with when I talk to people on the podcast is I, I ask them, you know, what's what's a day in the life like for the woman in charge mm-hmm. at Girls Gone Strong, right? Are yeah. you... Um, yeah, give us give us a snapshot kind of, of of what your day looks like. Yeah, so things have changed for me a bit lately. So we have a sizable team at this point, which is so nice because for so long I was doing everything. My partner right, Casey right. and I, business and life partner Casey and I, were doing almost everything. But we've built a team at this point. So the last several years have been a lot of research and development. Okay. So we've created uh, two certifications, one that covers coaching, psychology, female anatomy and physiology, nutrition, exercise, rest, recovery, and programming for women across their lifespan. Cause there is again, so little, like no one had ever put all that together in a textbook with references, with evidence, with, you know, taking um, practical experience into account that just didn't exist. And so we created that and then we created a similar one, but for pre and postnatal women. And so that was, um, in the last 18 months or 24 months, we've published 18 books containing 750,000 words of information. So that was um, really what I was doing for the last two years was bringing together the experts. So I I clearly didn't write all of that myself. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of, um, of, of, understanding that we're better together. And that was, again, what was so powerful about the beginning of Girls Gone Strong. All these women came from all these different areas. So with the, the certifications, we brought together pelvic health physios and PhDs and strength and conditioning coaches and registered dietitians and MDs and, you know, OBGYNs and just incredible people, doulas, midwives, nurse practitioners, um, to work together and have an interdisciplinary approach to the information. So every chapter was written, reviewed, challenged by no fewer than six to 10 of those women. So it's not like, Scott, you're going to write about coaching philosophy and you're going to write about this. It's like, no, we're going to get in there and challenge each other and make sure that we're, we're providing the best, the most evidence-based, right? Take into account research, practical and clinical experience, client and patient values, and provide that information. So that was a massive undertaking for several years. So I was in charge of bringing the women together deciding what was going to go into those textbooks and, um, and editing and, you know, making sure that it all still represented the girls gone strong philosophy, the values of safety and autonomy and empowerment and, um, and things of that nature. So that's been a lot for me for the last, and we also, it's a physical book and we print it and fulfill it ourselves. And so there's a lot of managing with that. So that was kind of my, the, a day in my life was waking up and focusing a hundred percent on that and putting out any other fires within the, within the business. Um, but since those have been released, it's been a lot of, uh, 2019 is a lot of, um, team building with our team. We now have about 12 people that work 15 to 35 hours a week with GGS and about 20 people that work five to 15 hours and then a number of volunteers. So we have a massive team. So it's doing a lot of, um, of, of team building and figuring out creating systems and processes and things like that. Being a startup organization, um, 
you're often just spending your time putting out fires and trying to figure out how to stay afloat and what to do next. And so uh, we're doing that. And then we're circling around and leveling up our free resources, our articles, our social media, and our free courses to be at the same caliber of our certifications. Um, Because I think, you know, if you go to our Instagram right now, it's great. And also it doesn't quite reflect that we're a world-class education organization, yeah. you know, because yeah. um, our time was spent on that. So we're really excited about circling around and leveling all of that up because we, we truly started as a women's empowerment organization. Great. We wanted to, I always say in 2011, we said women should strength train. In 2018, <laughs> we're like, women should do whatever they want with their bodies and we hope they strength train because it's really good for them. <laughs> um, so we, again, started out kind of preaching the gospel of strength training to women. Um, now we're like, you know, autonomy is one of our one of our highest values. So we like to show women all that's possible for their bodies and their lives, and give them the space to make decisions about what's right for them, and then provide them the evidence-based, sustainable tools to do it. So now my days are spent mostly managing over the team, managing over content. My partner does a lot of. Um, marketing strategy, financial, legal, accounting, that kind of stuff. And I'm mission, vision, content, nice. and voice. You have a lot. Do you guys do in-person training too? Is that part of uh, certifications or events as well? Um, we've done events in the okay. past. And then, uh, as I'm sure you know, they are an enormous amount of work to <laughs> yes, put on. So we are. had to press pause on those okay. for the moment. But yeah, we did in-person events where we did hands-on and presentations and yep. things like that. And um, a lot of the women who work for girls Girls Gone Strong, uh, you know, do other things outside of Girls Gone Strong. So they do a lot of in-person stuff. But within GGS for the moment, we're we're not doing it under the GGS umbrella. But pretty much everybody that works for us also does presentations, workshops, works with clients, works with patients, which is really important because we didn't want to be an organization providing information from people just sitting behind a computer, you know, the keyboard warriors. It was critical that we bring in experts who are working with women in quote unquote in the trenches um, every day in their clinics and their hospitals and their facilities and their studios and things like that. So uh, nothing under the GGS umbrella specifically, but all of the experts that work for us um, pretty much work with women in person through, like I said, training or workshops, presentations, things like that. Yeah, yeah, No, that's great, too. That's that's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the reason that my position exists at the NSCA was that strength conditioning coaches can can have this, you know, the, uh, the connection to for you know lack of a better term a real strength coach right because mm-hmm. a lot of the times they're saying oh nsca headquarters or just you know whoever they it's a faceless place and then you know we now have people you know in personal training strength conditioning and our tactical which are main audience groups where you have somebody that actually still does that mm-hmm. job and that goes around the world speaking about it and that is mm-hmm. helping whether it's writing articles or yeah exactly what you said running That's workshops and clinics that is a credible mm-hmm. legitimate source too yeah you can't do it all you know what right. I mean I couldn't possibly run Girls Gone Strong I had a brick and mortar gym for years I couldn't yeah. I, I, I tried actually to run <laughs> Girls Gone Strong with a brick and mortar gym and yeah. my hair was falling out from stress you know <laughs> so I, you can't possibly do both and so for me I consider myself you know there are a couple areas in which I feel like my knowledge is really deep um, but for the most part my knowledge about coaching and training women is incredibly broad and so I'm like okay she's on the cutting edge over here of pelvic health physiotherapy and she's on the cutting edge of strength and conditioning and she's on the cutting edge of you know um, of uh, you know OBGYN and and you know medicine and so um, I feel like that having again 
being okay with not being the person who knows everything and saying, I'm going to bring all of you all together to provide this information under the Girls Gone Strong umbrella has been really powerful. And it's allowed us, you know, to, uh, to really give a holistic picture of women's health. Like if you're talking about something like pelvic organ prolapse, for example, which might sound really neat, uh, niche or like a niche, but 19% of women will have surgery for pelvic organ prolapse or incontinence by the time they're 85. That's one in five women. That's a huge deal. And that is something that can often be um, successfully treated with pelvic health physical therapy. But you know, you can't just have a pelvic health physical therapist talk about that. You need the psychologist's perspective to yeah. say like, hey, how do we talk to women about these things that might be happening in their bodies without, uh, and offer them support? Because this is a big, scary thing, yeah. you know? And then you want the OBGYN's perspective. And then, you know, so yeah. like being able to bring all of these people together and figure out what the coach's role is and all of that, because right. we are the ones who spend, you know, two, three, four hours a week with the, you know, with our clients, with our athletes and uh, a doctor might see them once a year for 15 minutes if they're lucky. And so we can um, really be a tremendous force for good in our clients' lives by knowing our scope of practice, knowing what we're good at, knowing who else might be on our client's healthcare team and at what point we refer them out to somebody else. And so as is my is your resources uh, the vast majority for coaches and trainers, or is it also for women in general, yeah. people that are looking to? Great question. So we have a couple different levels. We have at this point 800 free articles on our website. We have almost a dozen free courses ranging from stuff for end users to stuff for coaches. So an example would be um, we have one, we have one for women uh, about stepping off the diet and exercise roller coaster. We got a lot of women who are constantly on and off diets, constantly exercising really hard and then not exercising again for a long time. Um, so we have, like that would be an example of a free course for them. An example of a free course for our coaches would be how to get started coaching pre and postnatal women. And we give you the must, like need to knows um, to to start coaching that population because you're probably already coaching them, right, you know, because right, right. like 85% of women will have yeah. a baby at some point in their life. So it's like, what are the must knows? Um, So we provide all those articles are a mix. Some are for uh, kind of fitness enthusiasts and a lot are for health and um, fitness industry professionals. Then we have our free courses, same thing. Then we have end user programs. So we've got um, uh, for, we've got get lean, get jacked, get strong, get started. So it's strength, hypertrophy, fat loss, and uh, and a kind of a beginner program for lack of a better word for our general population. We've got moms and mom, we've got uh, Moms Gone Strong, which yeah. is a prenatal program and a postnatal program. So that's all kind of general population. However, uh, coaches and trainers love it because it's programming that they can use as a model. You know, it's really high quality evidence-based hypertrophy programming. So they can buy that program and then, you know, implement it with their clients and adjust it how they need to for um, for what they're looking to do. Um, but those are kind of geared more towards end users. And then we, d- we do coaching as well. So we okay, um, cool. coach a number of clients through nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And then we have our certification. So yeah. we really, um, again, it feels like we can't really educate coaches and trainers on how to work with women unless we're working with women. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, totally. it's really important to us to keep kind of both silos of Girls Gun Strong yeah. so that we can legitimately be the authority on coaching and training women because yeah. we're actively doing it every single day whether it's online in person etc that's great so if people reach out are they gonna are they gonna get like when they reach out for coaching are you gonna see oh this is what your need is and i'm gonna filter you to 
Jen Comas or Julia or whoever is that or is it kind of they can kind of reach out to who they need to through the website yeah so twice a year um we it we do kind of en- enrollment periods or whatever because okay. it makes it a little bit easier with the different programs that we have it's yeah. easier to be like okay cool so we're going to take a new cohort of clients gotcha. um in january and in july for coaching and then we're going to open enrollment to our pre and postnatal cert in you know february and okay. september um so we do it kind of like that so that so the whole year people are kind of building up and waiting to join the program and they learn they can learn more about it if it's right for them um, because we typically work with general population their goals tend to fall into one of a few categories like I said fat loss muscle gain strength gain um, just general health and wellness getting started with strength training and so we have um, within our coaching we have tracks of programs that they can follow which can then be adjusted by their coach cool. um, and nutrition and habit-based and skill-based nutrition. Uh, we find most women are not needing really high level, you know, finely tuned macro sure, <laughs> nutrient sure, timing sure. type stuff. They need to eat a bit more protein, yep. eat more veggies, you know, slow down, listen to their body a little bit more, um, stop when they're satisfied instead of stuff, drink more water, you know, maybe cut down on alcohol a bit. So we find that, uh, that, that, 80 to 90% of the population who needs the really good foundational basics, um, who have been failed so many times by the higher level stuff that is just not necessary for them, uh, we find is kind of our, our population. So anybody that wants to do high level performance or figure or powerlifting or whatever, probably not f- for us at yeah. the moment. Um, but then we have great people like Julia Leduski that we can refer them right. to, you know, if they're right. wanting to compete in powerlifting or improve yeah. their sport performance. So. Totally. No, and I mentioned Jen, uh, too, so I hope she listens to this. I have to give her a shout-out because we're, again, uh, good Instagram friends, I like to say. And, mm-hmm. and her partner, Billy, too, who's a special force medic. And, uh, you know, we I've chatted with both of them, too. And it's funny because, you know, they live in a very similar kind of climate that I do. So we do a lot of the same things, hiking, mountain oh, biking. Cool. You know, so it's just funny because I have a connection with them. And they were actually coming out to the springs. And I was like, oh, you know doors are open if you guys want to train here awesome. uh didn't end up happening but yeah. we're going to connect at some point down the road <laughs> yeah so jen's head coach of our coaching program and she's incredible she's also been in fitness about 15 years or more and has done everything from group fitness instructor to powerlifting to training for like bikini and figure to she's um done yoga teacher training and aerial stuff and pole and like you know she just uh and now she rides dirt bike and right, motocross right. and yep. downhill and stuff. And, um, I just love that she has, uh, you know, she really trains for life, which yeah. I think is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, and she's able the the control that she has over her body and the things that she's able to do. I'm just, I'm so, so impressed with. And, um, but she also happens to be one of my best friends. So, you know, yeah, there's nice. that too, but, the, but having her run our coaching program, uh, with another woman named Amber Leonard told me they work on the curriculum development and, cool. um, have both been in the industry a really long time. And then they also work on the certifications to make sure that what we're talking about in the certifications reflects what we're actually doing in our coaching program. And so it's nice because they're the, 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 go between person to make sure that you know again everything's congruent and what we're learning the feedback we're getting from our clients is then taken and implemented into the textbooks that's awesome yeah look at you guys coaching philosophy and training philosophy in alignment (laughs) trying (laughs) to you know and it evolves over time you know and thank goodness it evolves over time i cringe at some of the stuff that i was saying and doing you know five ten years ago but it's like if you're not you know are you really paying attention and evolving yeah so 
Oh, that's so good. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Uh, if people don't follow you already, don't know about you, where can they find you and how do they follow you? Yeah, they can find me um, on Instagram at the Molly Galbraith. So M-O-L-L-Y-G-A-L-B-R-A-I-T-H. They can also follow Girls Gone Strong at the Girls Gone Strong. We're also still pretty active on Facebook, but the probably the best way is we have a free Facebook group for health and fitness professionals, current and aspiring. So um, geared towards, it's called Coach. GGS Coaching and Training Women. So if they're on Facebook, they can join GGS Coaching and Training Women. We pay really high-level, world-class experts to be in there answering people's questions basically all day long, totally free, because it's important to us to... um, to give people who are interested in learning how to work with women better the tools to do it at no, you know, no barrier, right? Like totally. no, totally accessible to them. So it's cool. There's 25,000 people in there. Yeah. And I'm in there. I'm yes, yeah. you're in there. And we've got physios and PhDs and strength coaches and stuff answering cool. questions all the time. So GGS coaching and training women, and they can tag me, uh, introduce cool. themselves once they join. And it's just a awesome and, and positive environment where they can, you know, meet other people who also care about, doing a better job coaching and training women cool this has been super i truly appreciate you being on the podcast and being here and doing two presentations and (laughs) spending time with people it's great that you've you know totally embraced it and you've been hanging out and watching Mm -hmm. other people present yeah it's it's been great fantastic like i said it's been six years since i've been to a national conference so it was amazing to come back especially to come back as a speaker you know to go six years ago as someone standing in line waiting to meet dr john brardy and then being able to come and share and you know i I think everybody knows nsca is the is really the gold standard and the CSCS particularly is the gold standard in this industry and so I feel so lucky to be part of it you guys have given me so much opportunity to learn um as a coach myself and then to turn around and and get to share my coaching philosophy you know with the with the people here has been such an incredible experience and you guys have been super supportive so thank you for everything thank you personally thanks to the NSCA everybody involved with the NSCA for having me and for caring so much about bringing this type of information to To coaches and trainers yeah no thanks so much again that's the coolest part for me too is seeing people that fit going from uh, being an attendee at a conference to getting more involved speaking at a state conference making it to the national level you know it's truly such a different organization in that aspect to have the state and regional reach and the development and involvement that you can get more involved and be on a committee and end up being on the board of directors like brad or brad and and have influence, you know, on an, on an organization of, you know, close to 30,000 people now. It's just wow. so cool. Um, and, of course, you know, we have to thank the listeners. So, again, everybody who's listening here, um, everyone who's come up to me at the <laughs> event and said they love the podcast. Uh, I ne- we never had any idea it was going to be this successful. And it's because of our members who are truly appreciative. And so we appreciate everyone listening. We appreciate our biggest supporter, Sorenex Exercise Equipment, who supports the podcast and everything we do. And I do at NSA headquarters. So truly appreciate those guys. Um, and again, keep listening in, keep subscribing, keep sharing these episodes. I'm super pumped to be able to put this out um and we'll be talking to molly on instagram soon i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) wonderful thanks so much for having me bye you often hear these podcasts recorded at nsca conferences and events why not join us at the next one you can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com slash events 
This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.